G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast here on a Sunday Arvo, uh, my dad's birthday, actually happy birthday Nigel, uh, recording a podcast talking about the stuff that's unfolded this weekend and going to touch a little bit on week two in the NFL world and actually that's where we're going to start. The biggest storyline heading in to week two of the NFL is obviously going to be Antonio Brown making his New England's Patriots debut so Barring anything crazy, who knows, something might come out tonight before I go to bed that could uh, put all those well-made plans uh, out of action. But it seems like, at this stage, Antonio Brown is going to play for New England against Miami, and there'll be a lot of eyeballs on the Patriots in Week 2. They dominated Pittsburgh in Week 1, and it'll be very interesting to see just how quickly Tom Brady and AB can mesh, because if they can, then... The rest of us are going to be pretty screwed. That's probably the big game on the Sunday slate that I'm interested in seeing. There are a couple of other intriguing ones. The Packers-Vikings uh, game could be worth watching. And then later on, you got New Orleans and Los Angeles. Could be a clash of two big heavyweights, a NFC championship game from a year ago. So that'll be worth watching as well. But my eyes are also set on the game on Monday night, technically Tuesday morning. Cleveland time, uh, Australian time, I think it is. We've got Cleveland going up against the New York Giants, who aren't going to have their quarterback. No Sam Darnold for the Jets. New York Jets, rather, not Giants. I did just say Giants. But the Jets won't have Sam Darnold. He's got mononucleosis uh, at the moment. So he might actually be out, be out for two to three weeks, they reckon, and not be back until after their bye. So this does give Cleveland a perfect chance to just launch into a winning will start their winning ways, I guess you could say, and get their season back on track, because they copped a lot of heat for the game against Tennessee. I think they're going to be okay, but they can't afford to let this one slip on the road at MetLife Stadium. Should be a good game, and I think that's probably going to be one of the ones that I'll really have my eyes on heading into week two. From an NFL fantasy perspective, I'm ready for another week of fantasy. I haven't made too many drastic changes to any of my lineups or anything like that, because Sometimes one week you can overreact a bit. There are a couple of injury-relevant things that have come out in the last few days that you might need to change before games kick off. Darius Geis, or Geis, I think it's Geis, the running back from Washington, had a pretty solid preseason and looked like he was going to take over as their go-to bell cow back and the guy that gets the majority of the snaps, but... He is actually out injured now on IR, and it's going to be six to eight weeks with more meniscus knee issues. So if you have him, you can probably stash him on your bench. You've got a deep enough bench that it's worth it. But if you're in maybe an eight-team league or you've got plenty of other options out there, you might even want to throw him away and take a punt on someone else off your waiver wire. Similar thing could be said for Hunter Henry, the Chargers tight end. I think already has a broken kneecap, which is fucking nasty injury so it sucks because I like that kid and he hasn't really been able to get healthy in the last season and a half two years so hopefully he can get his body right but he's set to miss another two months or so himself so you might want to keep him on your bench but you'll definitely need another tight end if he's the lone bloke on your roster to plug and play in week two I'm going to have my eyes a lot on the LA Rams running back rotation because we saw last week Malcolm Brown chewed up a lot of carries and Todd Gurley didn't really get the supply that we thought. In fact, here's a useless uh, sports wife for stat for you. Last week snapped 33 consecutive weeks that Todd Gurley has had a red zone carry. So he didn't get a look in when they got closer to goal. And if he doesn't do that for the rest of the season, I think 
people don't need to overreact. But if we don't see it again against New Orleans, then it might be a trend that we have to uh, monitor, that's for sure. And of course, that's not even talking about Darnell Henderson, the other rookie that they drafted this year as well. So very interesting mix to see what will happen in that running back room. There are a few tight ends that intrigue me. Darren Waller from Oakland and TJ Hawkinson from the Lions are two blokes that are still floating out there on a couple of waiver wires that I think could quite easily have top 10 tight end seasons, maybe even push into the top five. So... If you need some help in either one of those areas, I'd probably look to target one of those blokes. But biggest piece of advice as you head into week two, don't overreact too much to week one. Like JLo and I have said on a few pods, though, you do want to make sure that you are quick to recognize the trends in NFL fantasy. But the season's one I lost on the waiver wire. So if there's someone else on the waiver wire that intrigues you, it might be worth stashing them before they have a massive breakout game. That way, if they do, then at least you don't have to worry about trying to claim them and fighting other coaches in your league for them. Enough NFL stuff, let me dive into the actual AFL footy that most people uh, listen to this podcast probably do follow. Another big weekend of semi-final action, the second week of finals in the books, and we finally got a close final, an interesting game. I uh, don't want to call myself uh, Nostradamus, but I did say that the uh, Giants-Lions game would be game of the year. I hope it's not, because there's still three games left, and I hope one of them's uh, close as well, especially grand final day, but... Yeah, the Giants took on the Lions in the Gabba and uh, emerged with a win. That was a pretty ripper contest. Shout out to Brent Daniels for kicking the late winner. Wasn't as pretty on Friday night. West Coast almost looked a little bit like Geelong did the week before. They looked a little bit, not rushed whenever they had the footy, but a bit one-dimensional in their game plan. They weren't great delivering it inside 50, and yeah, unfortunately, they've been uh, bundled out now. So the Giants will verse uh, Collingwood in Saturday, I think it said, on Saturday night for the uh, prelim, which should be a pretty belter game. I think that the Giants could genuinely uh, win that one. That'll be interesting to watch and see what unfolds over the next week or so. The other bout, though, we'll see Richmond clash with Geelong. We already know that Tom Hawkins has been handed a one-week ban for his hit on Will Schofield that I think he's set to challenge. So it could be very interesting if he maybe gets it extended to two weeks or if he doesn't get banned at all. But Toby Green is also, funnily, uh, once again in hot water. He might miss the Giants game after uh, making contact with Lockie Neal's eye or something of that regard. So I did see the incident. I didn't really hear or uh, haven't followed it a hell of a lot, but it didn't look great. And Some bloke that's on a bit of a short leash after his uh, previous misdoings should probably be a bit smarter, but they could be without two big names. So it'll be interesting to see what unfolds news-wise and team-wise over the next week and what two outfits, or four outfits, I should say, we get to see clash for a spot in the big dance. Just quickly, I want to talk one more AFL thing that's been uh, doing a few rounds is Ross Lyon potentially going and coaching Adelaide. I actually don't hate it for... Years, Ross has got the reputation of just being a bit of a list finisher and getting the most out of blokes on the list that have premiership and uh, winning finals aspirations. So it could be an interesting fit if Ross heads to Adelaide and see what he can get. There are a lot of talks about what players are actually still going to be at the Crows next year. So Lyon might be uh, better off waiting and seeing which players he actually will be able to utilise before he signs a contract there. But yeah, something that I'm not uh, hugely opposed to that could... uh, Could pan out for the Crows if they go down that path. Catching up with the FIBA World Cup stuff, unfortunately, it's a bit of a bugger. The Aussies lost to Spain, so the highest they can compete for is bronze. That game tips off pretty soon, actually, so I'll go check that out. But turnovers killed the Aussies. It was... I thought we were really poised, ready for a, uh, a serious chance at winning gold or silver, but... Spain are a pretty good outfit. There's been a lot of talk over the refs, and a lot of people are bitching and complaining, but... 
whatever, it is what it is. I'm not going to lose too much sleep over the FIBA World Cup, but yeah, it's always nice to see the Boomers in medal contention. Hopefully, I think they got a rematch with France uh, playing it out for bronze. So hopefully they can walk away with a medal. First time uh, the Boomers would do so at an international event, so that'd be cool. Last thing I want to touch on before I leave, just a couple of the articles that I've been pumping out on the website. I did a Melvin Gordon trade landing spot article, so you can check that out. There's five teams that I reckon should quite clearly trade for Melvin Gordon. One or two that I think should have done it yesterday and do it ASAP, but there are a couple of fits around the league where we could see Gordon go. Chances are that he will get a bit of an extension with the Chargers, but I don't think he'll be as big a payday as he thinks. If I had to pick, I reckon he'll probably stay with LA, but you hear differing opinions every day. He is a pretty good running back, and he could definitely get paid the money that he's seeking. He wants about 10 million or north of 10 million annually, so that could work. He could land up in Green Bay. That might be a nice fit. I personally want to see him in Houston. I think that'd be a nice fit for the Texans, so watch this space. Speaking of landing spots, another article that I did last week was I looked at some of the AFL veterans and tried to find a potential new home for them. Most of the blokes who, like Brad Hill and Jack Martin, who have already declared where they want to go and where we think they will go, I didn't talk about too much, but... I touched on Shawnee Higgins, who I think would be great at Geelong. I did say that Paddy Ryder should look at joining St Kilda, and maybe we could see Paul Puopolo move over to the Adelaide Crows. So there's a couple of others that I talked about. Joey Danaher, Sauce Jacobs, there's a few other names in there, so make sure you check that out. The other article that I worked on was a little bit of NFL overreactions from week one. Don't think I'm going to do something similar in week two, but I might do a bit of fantasy stock up stock down next week along with some other uh, bits and pieces probably be back doing a world cup wrap up and week two wrap up um, of the nfl stuff on tuesday or wednesday with jlo so i might do another fast five in the middle of that we'll see how we go but that's all i got for this one thanks for tuning in till next time